0: Listener, y'all, you're, you're through to the bookworm. I'm your host Ed Fortune and I'm here with uh, David LaSalle. So uh, this is the premier book show uh, in association with Starburst Magazine and you're of course listening to fab radio International.com, or quite possibly an MP3 podcasty thing. You can find us of course on Twitter as at Radio Bookworm. You can also find us on the uh, Facebooks as Radio Bookworm. You can also find us on uh, the Mixcloud as Radio Bookworm. And of course, you can find us on Tumblr as Radio Bookworm. Basically, what we're saying is, if you want to get in touch with us, Radio Bookworm. Um, um, today's show is a little bit special. Um, we are talking about books in the sense that we are currently in the middle of Eastercon. Eastercon is a, a yearly UK-based book like SF and fantasy, but mostly SF book fair book festival that happens to be in Manchester. And because it's literally ten minutes walk away from our offices, we have decided to go. Um, your your humble hosts might be. Uh, a little bit um, slightly different in our modulation today, simply because there's beer in the bar
1: also time, time has changed
0: time has changed, yes there's the, the, we'll, we'll get on to the, the exciting time travel schedule um, uh, later on But um, coming up next, book news Ian Banks's Fearsome Engine uh, is to be released as an SF Masterworks edition. Um, Ooh! Yeah, I'm a, actually I'm a big fan of the Fearsome en- Engine. Did you ever read it?
2: It's not one I've read, but I've read some other work. It, it, it's
0: it's one of the. It's not part of the Culture series. Mm. Um, it is in fact about a fearsome engine. Um, <laughs>
1: so well titled. Though.
0: So so well titled, but it's <laughs> written uh, the, the fears fearsome engine is written phonetically. So it's F E E R S U M E N D and it's because one of the main characters who's writing in first person narrative uh, has learnt language themselves so they, they, they're writing it phonetically oh, so there's okay. entire chapters which are written in this, this phonetic style <laughs> and it's partially because I would suspect that Ian Banks loved to show off how clever he was um, but it's a great book um, I don't be- know,
1: is there a chapter in the in, in Enid Black and stuff?
0: Uh, let's get on to Alan Moore in a moment okay um, but the Fism Engine is set in a far future earth where uploading of mind states into a world-spanning computer network is commonplace, allowing the dead to be reincarnated either physically or virtually in the crypt. It's, it's a very common recurring theme when it comes to Ian um, and Banks um, in the culture novels as well they they basically artificially simulate God and Heaven through technology mm. and, and, and that sort of thing so it's been added to the Masterworks list because, duh um his, you know obviously he's best known for the wasp factory. As far as I'm concerned, he's best known for use of weapons. Uh he sadly passed away in twenty thirteen. Mm. Um but yeah that's good. I, I like the SF Masterworks series, it's always nice to see them. Um I'm mm. not entirely sure how much newsy news it is. Uh tribute's been paid to Arcadia founder, uh, Gary Pulsa um, um he uh, Recently passed away due to a battle of cancer. Um, obviously, we, we express our condolences to his family and friends. Uh, he's best known for founding Arcadia in 1996, and worked in the UK and in the US. Um, he also did, you know, he he was basically one of the the, the significant. Mm -hmm. editors in the industry and we felt that it was worth mentioning um, that he has passed. Uh,
1: Death is having a busy year. Very much so. um,
0: Very much so. This He's not the first You know Kind of big name And significant editor To go as well mm-hmm. uh, It's kind of Kind of sad uh, Moving on The Children's uh, Children's Have acquired A new fantasy series Here um, in Larwood Who's the uh, Who's the author Of Freaks um, His first book Podkin One Year Is about a rabbit Called Podkin Who flees With his siblings When his Warren, warren Comes under attack It's going to be out in October. Um, We are utterly beguiled by Kieran's powerful storytelling.
2: Hmm. Tad Watership Downy sounds good to me. Mm. Watership Down,
0: by the way, is currently, I believe, uh, just under a pound on um, on the internet on on the Kindles. Uh, Mm -hmm. If you've not read Watership Down, once you finish listening to this show, download Watership Down and read Watership Down. What are you doing? Just, just, what? What, what are you currently reading? Stop it! Just, just stop it. Watch it down. You know, cue it up. It, it,
1: yeah, Kindle edition, ninety nine p.
0: Yeah, it, 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 it's 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 it down, man. It's brilliant. Mm. And, and be prepared you, to cry. Be prepared. Uh, oh, yeah. be prepared to be angry. Anchor chief
1: advisory. Be
0: prepared to be angry. Be prepared to be prepared to go through the entire spectrum of emotions. It's an amazing, amazing book. Um, Actually, I was—I was, I think I was like twenty-six, twenty-seven by the time I got around to reading it. Mm. I was just like and various friends did what I'm exactly doing now, which is like, "What are you doing? Read Watership Down! Stop! Stop! Stop!" And uh, stop you know, whatever you're doing. On my friends' uh, recommendations at uh, that lunch break, I, I walked to Waterstones, picked up a copy of Watership Down, and started reading it. And mm. it's amazing; it really is. Uh,
2: I think much of my psychological problems in later life were down to watching the film when I was very young. Yeah. So
1: <laughs> you
2: don't, you don't, it's like it's like
0: Bambi, isn't it? Yes. The, the film's the film is quite different because of the one of the major scenes is replaced with a music video. <laughs> yeah, you know, so like everyone knows *Bright Eyes*, but apparently the, the guy who um, the, the, the author of what have done uh, actually absolutely hates that song, especially as it's you know the, the important vision quest scene that's in the books. Yes, but no, it's brilliantly done. Um, obviously, one of my favourite books. <coughs> and we've gone off uh, tangent because we were talking possibly Of course we go uh, about... off
1: tangent. We always go off tangent. Ooh, it's impossible. Uh,
0: and, and we were talking about Ciarán Norwood's uh, book, Podkin year which will be out in October. <laughs> Uh, let's see, what else are we doing?
1: The JK Rowling thing. The JK Rowling thing. Uh,
0: shall we Shall we quickly get to some of the stuff first? Okay. Um, Harding, Cobb, and Koifer shortlisted for the UK LA. So, Francis Harding, who obviously is a friend of the show and also hmm. winner of the 2016 Costa Prize, has been shorted for uh, uh, this year's UK LA Book Awards. Um, what are they, Ed? Uh, the, the only children's book prize judged by teachers. Ooh. UK Library Association. Oh, uh, sorry, yeah. the UK Library literacy association and it's sponsored by <coughs> oh you can tell this is a British organisation because it's bad it's, good. it's got a terrible name it's sponsored by love reading for kids with four uh, the oh, four, couple letters. Letters. Yeah, four is the number love reading for kids so, uh, love reading for kids for when kids. did we
1: start doing that in the UK it's, it's just a travesty and it's not helping anything. But
0: only, only love reading with, for four kids. Yeah. If you have five kids, then yeah, no. three good. kids, no. God. Love reading for kids.
1: four kids. Four kids good, two
0: kids bad. Uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, if you, you want to write a letter to a complaint at Starburst Magazine... Uh, <laughs> letters at starburstmagazine.com... Uh, feel free to send in a complaint or send in a letter saying that I need to pay rise. both of them are fine
2: um, you'll read them all uh, uh,
0: yes they'll be ignored but so, um, so this year's shortlist includes uh, in the fifty-six range this book just ate my dog <laughs> by Richard Byrne The Something by Rebecca Cobb <coughs> Which is a great name because it's definitely something. I I am Henry Finch by uh, Alex Stepan. The the dad of ten children. Oh dear. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's going. That's
1: going one of two ways, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, a Sudden Hill on, No, On Sudden Hill rather than A Sudden Hill which would be a road hazard uh, On Sudden Hill by Linda Sarah and Benji Davis and Little Red and the Very Hungry Lion oh, um, by uh, Alex C. Smith uh, The Seven Eleven um range is The Fish in the bath- Bathtub by Ian Coffier Hercule Fleas Herky Fleas. Herky Fleas by <laughs> Sam Gaiden and Peter Cottrell The Imaginary by E. F. Harold. The Boundless by Kenneth Opel. The Pilot and the, the Little Prince by Peter Siss. Um Atlas of Adventures by Rachel Williams and Lucy Leverhead. And in the 12-16 category we have The Door That Led to Where by Sally Gardner, The Lie Tree by Francis Harding. Hey. 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 Um, there will be There Will Be Lies by Nick Lake. Uh, an Island of Our Own by by Sally Nichols. Oh, I like that. Um, like a Room of Our Own, but an Island of Our Own. Um, all the Bright Places. It really gets really bad. <laughs> all the Bright Places by Jennifer Niven and The Ghosts of Heaven by my Sedgwick. Of really of those, I've, I've read three of them.
1: They all sound really cool. They do,
0: yeah. yeah. Especially like the first group. they sound I, I, amazing. They do. <laughs> I've got some fantastic. I've got to say, I think I think just on. This book uh, this book just ate my dog. I have to yeah, that
2: that's I think I think I want to see that one. Yeah,
1: I I, I, yeah, I've no idea what it's about, but I, I a want to read it and b want to see it. With I
2: mean, it. my my thoughts is it's about missing homework.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely.
2: Uh, we should review
0: the literature on the show at some point because we haven't done that. We've reviewed the ghosts of heaven ages ago. Mm. It must have been a year or a, a bit ago. Surely the Ghosts really. a ghost of Heaven. No? Like I said, It's the the, the, the it's
1: some time. It's some time.
0: It's, it's the spiral motif one with the the four stories that you can read in any order.
1: Oh, uh, that was that was maybe six months ago. I want to say.
0: Yeah, maybe they all slide into each other as a as a storytelling experience. Yeah, mm. the the context changes depending on the order that you read them, and it's all very clever. But um, I like the Ghosts of Heaven. It's good. Hmm. um, But anyway, we'll see if it wins. Um, Shall shall we get on to the thing that's got you terribly excited?
1: (laughs) The J.K. Rowling thing.
2: (laughs) The one that's all over Twitter, apparently. It's
1: all over the Twitter. Um, Yeah, Uh, so somebody tweeted J.K. Rowling and went, by the way, I'm just out of interest if you've got any rejection that's for Harry Potter. And she went, oh, the Harry Potter ones are in a box in the attic. But I've got some of the Robert Galbraith ones. Um, And um, continued thereafter to post a couple of pictures of some. Now, there there are two that she's posted pictures of. One is from some people called Creme de la Crime. Um... Which is a glorious name um, uh, Which is a four-liner Dear Mr Galbraith Thank you for offering us your novel The Cook Who's Calling Crem de la Crime is now part of seven house publishers We are unable to accept new submissions at the moment I'm sorry to disappoint you Thank you again for thinking of us. With all best wishes, yours sincerely Right? Fair enough Fair mm. enough yep. Form letter the, Form letter The other the, with, a, with a slight hint of We've been bought out by somebody else And we're not allowed to buy anything right now mm. The other one Is from Constable and Robinson who are part of the Hachette group? Still in love with Amazon, um, and it's unfortunate that that they're not actually writing to a debut author because if you were genuinely a debut author, and this was uh, and your book, Galbraith, and this is the, the cookie's calling is the first book you've ever written, and you're trying to get it published, and you haven't got an agent, some of this information would be really useful. Unfortunately, because they've sent this to J.K. Rowling, who is, you know, the hugely successful author of the seven book Harry Potter series, it comes across as somewhat over patronising. Choice elements include um, we have reluctantly come to the conclusion that we could not publish it, the cookie's calling, with commercial success. Uh, and then it says at the risk of teaching my grandmother to suck eggs may I respectfully suggest the following and then then continues to give a list of things um, including how to find a publisher who publishes in the genre that you want uh, references the bookseller and the writer's yearbook um, uh, and concludes with I regret we cannot reply individually or provide constructive criticism a writer's group slash writing course may help with the latter and again, it's all that stuff that if you were a, a debut author... But even sort of before being a debut author, if you were just starting to write a book and planning it and thinking about, oh, how do I go about getting this published, would be great. But even for somebody who's managed to submit directly to a publisher, it's a kind of a little bit sucking eggs. Yes. For, for, for J.K. Rowling, it, 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 does, it comes across as horrendously patronising. Now, Now, Twitter has kind of split itself into a number of camps here. One is, oh, my God, these people are idiots. The second is Joanne Harris's Hey, I had so many rejection letters for Chocolat, I made a sculpture out of them. Uh, And the third is, to be fair, Joe Love, that Robert Galbraith book was not selling very well at all until it came to everybody's attention through the accidental slip uh, that that you were in fact the author of it, at which point it started selling
0: like hotcakes because it was a J.K. Rowling book.
1: Mm-hmm. so Twitter's kind of, of split between those, those, I, ha- those I
0: have to say looking at the rejection there as it's a clearly cut and paste job oh cle- I, clearly absolutely clearly, yes. that's a good that's a good information bomb and it does do the thing of saying yeah okay well, you probably know this but I'm going to tell you anyway because in fairness the number of people who submit I, I, I work a submission for Starburst magazine if you're a comic, a comic strip artist get in touch but anyway Um the amount of submissions that you get where they don't read the instructions or the yes, queries absolutely. that you get yes. that are, that are um, I haven't read the instructions, here's a question that's answered in the instructions and and you just want to sit there and you go I, I've had scripts submitted to the comic script submission it's not a script submission I've had short stories submitted. Yeah. It's not a short story submission. Mm. It's a comic strip submission. And people are like, oh, no, but can you find me an artist?
1: To be no. fair, the one absolute gem in here, which is very interesting, is nowadays it is perfectly acceptable to approach numerous publishers at once and even several imprints within the same group. Imprints tend to be compartmentalised. Now,
2: that's interesting. That's very interesting. I mean, very interesting. A lot of publishers, certainly a few years ago, were, were saying, no, multi- no multiple submissions. yes yeah, absolutely. We want you... And sometimes it would hold them for, for months, years. But well, that's, that's a just, bit greedy. The thing As, the yes. thing, yeah,
1: the thing you're getting now um, is because people have realised you've mostly got to go through agents, um, is you're getting multiple submissions to agents. Yes. Because I did um, a workshop with Juliet Mushins last summer and she was saying people are multiple submitting and as long as you say it somewhere relatively near the top of your submission letter this is a multiple submission that's fine yes but it's a lot more accessible than once so it's not like you write to one wait however long and then if, if you've either got a rejection or heard nothing then you try the other one because that's just going to take you
2: forever I mean there's it, it is one of the most difficult things to do is to get published yeah absolutely um, and most publishers do have you know legendary piles of slush yeah that they, they, they just they, they sit there and largely ignore until they want, to, they want to pull something out and publish it but and
0: it always know. it does always amaze me at the, the level of effort that it requires and also sometimes the the level of um, after the level of effort, what happens next? If you see what I mean, yes. uh, And mm. the, the kind of the, the kind of the whole process. But talking about a big room full of writers,
1: I've got. Well, we go back to the agents point for a minute. I've got a friend at the moment who's written a first novel. She's half halfway write writing a second. The first one she's punting out agents. Now, she's in America, so the situation's slightly different over there. But she's doing the thing of she's sat down, she's made a list of agents she wants to approach. She sent it all off to them. She's had a couple of rejections from some relatively quickly. Some of them, she's not heard anything from. One of them has asked for more. Ooh. Yeah. That was a good... Five or six mm-hmm. weeks ago, and nothing more has been hurt since. Um, but it, but you it's know, about it's almost. about right yeah. Um, but yeah, but you know, she's carrying on with writing the second one. So she's and she's holding down a full time job while she's doing this. Um, it's always
0: difficult. Yeah, absolutely. But of course she is because it. You know, what else can you do? Yeah. Hmm. So. Um, I'm going to get back to my segway which was oh, okay. talking about room. <laughs> Very room clever yeah so it was great but you know anyway are, um, we, are
1: we about to talk about about eastercom things because if so I need to change the music and we need a little sting.
0: oh <laughs> sting away sting away about EasterCon! Right, so shall we explain EasterCon first, just in case yes. you don't know what it is? So, EasterCon is a... It's it's the... Right. The United Kingdom has the record for the uh, oldest, uh, the first ever science fiction convention. Uh, if you're an American and you disagree, you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, you, you had a pub meeting before we had our convention. That's lovely. Um, did it, we, hang
1: on, hang on. How did America have pubs in the twenties? Well, Prohibition. They, they, Prohibition. Yes, they, they,
0: they had. It was the phase. Uh and it was I,
1: a, I don't know. aren't we saying twenty-seven?
0: And then no it's um, mm. it's moving target. Mm. Um, it was a there, there was a bar meet There was a, like a kind of a little coffee meeting thing that they had that wasn't called a convention. And then afterwards, when the Brits started claiming that they had the first convention they were like oh well ours was a convention as well we just didn't call it a convention it's like you didn't call it a convention "Mm. We, we called it dibs I might be being a
2: challenge. If that's your definition of convention, then surely the uh, the the infamous Bram Stoker Shelley meeting in, in a in a castle. First was, first ever Sean <laughs> the meeting There yes. we go. Done. <laughs>
0: um, job done. Still ours, right? Anyway, moving on. Um, so, um, Mancunicon, Mancunicon is the Manchester. EasterCon. EasterCon happens every. anyone back of the class? anyone? Easter. Hey! Uh, it has been going for years. Um, the idea behind EasterCon is it's a sci-fi book literary, literary festival thing. There's a little bit of other media involved in there as well, but it's all about We should
1: probably books. say, EasterCon happens every Easter. Each individual one has a name that's in some way connected with the town or city it's held in. Hmm. Possibly very
0: loosely. Very, very loosely. I mean, Mancunicon
1: is not that loose. That's kind of obvious. There's been
0: so many in London that they've just started naming them after, you know, atomic elements. <laughs> so, you know. Um, so... Yes, so uh, Mancunicon is the Manchester one, it's happening right now, right now, as we're recording the show, and if you're listening to us live on Five Radio International, then, then yes. We've abducted uh, one of the EasterCon guests, uh, David Lassite. Hello. When uh,
2: you
1: say abducted, he came on his own. Yes. Well, to right. be fair, bad with Kate. It was a
2: very, yeah. very bad abduction, I had to walk here and everything. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's the best sort of abduction, They get to do all the work for you. It's
0: yes. Like, you know. Um... So, yes, we've been... Uh, myself, producer Al, and Mr Lascelles has have all been on panels. We've been doing panelling things um, and schmoozing with publishers and fans. And it's a, it's a way for writers and authors and publishing people and even, you know, scrubby journalists like myself to... Um, to, to, to bump into the fans and bump into the community, so um, shall we quickly go through uh, the British Science Fiction Awards first? That'd be a good start, okay? So they have a thing called the British Science Fiction Awards, they're not the Hugos, definitely uh, not, they're definitely not the Hugos. Um, but it's you know, it's an award ceremony, separate award ceremony. And my goodness, we were sitting in on the myself and producer Al were sitting in on the show. And they went through that at a fair clip.
1: Oh, it was ridiculous. It was it was about twenty minutes, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, they just just like one of them.
1: They, I think they had like an hour and a half slot, and they were done certainly in under thirty minutes. They Very just, much.
0: They just they, sometimes you go to awards ceremonies and like some someone pops up and talks for half an hour about their belly button and and the nature of the award or whatever and you're like okay well i'm on my second pint no one's won anything especially if you're up for the award that's where it gets really like like, come on move on move on i've got a ready go to i i i want to know if i can start drinking because if I've won, I can start drinking. If I haven't won, I can start drinking. I can't, David, start drinking before I've before this event. I'll be on stage, so. <laughs> uh, as I've learned to my cost in the past. Uh, so, so, so there's that. Uh, so well, let's So go, do let's, we need to talk about who won what? Yes. So mm-hmm. let's go through it. So um, the James White Award, um, which is a special achievement award, um, went to David Clayton For um it just went to dearly okay. uh, that's um best a uh, best award for nonfiction went to uh, Adam Roberts um for his collection uh, his second collection not not uh, with um new contrast. Adam Roberts does some really good essay writing by the way, you should pick up all his essay writing you should also read his fiction uh, and read and read Jack Glass and go Ew, why did you recommend Jack Glass to me, that first story is disgusting, I was like no, read the rest of it it's amazing um, SFO award for best art goes to went to Jim Burns for the cover of Palquins Comet. Uh, I have to say, of all the people who were up for that award, uh, Sarah Ann Langton um, with her cover, of, uh, Jews versus Jews versus Nazis, isn't Jews, Jews versus Zombies. Jews versus Zombies. <coughs> Oops. Jews versus Zombies. Um, I think should have won. Really, because it was a really good cover.
1: It was. Um, I liked that cover. They showed us all at the awards
0: and uh, the other awards went to Aliette de Boudard uh, (laughs) quite literally Uh, Best Short Fiction Three Cups of Grief by Starlight by Aliette de Boudard who's also a guest of honor at So there's convenient Uh, the BSF Award for Best Novel goes to the House of Shattered Wings by Aliette de Boudard so she Mm -hmm. won twice in one night Um, she hadn't prepared a speech for the first one she'd certainly not prepared a speech for the second one Um,
1: she did but in in no circumstances she did very well
0: yes in no circumstances she did very well um, and also you know, I've read um, it, it's interesting because I've read Three Cups of Grief by, by Starlight and it's an amazing short uh, I have to be honest so I haven't had a chance to read The House of Shattered Wings and people who are like oh Ed but it's brilliant I was like I just haven't had the time so um, yeah so that was the old ceremony
1: it was very quick but here's the thing it was very quick and everybody was like, Oh, that was very quick. And there was a slight sense of relief about that because it, it didn't go on long enough to be dull to become dull and
2: boring. Which I think we all appreciate. Time is important that way I think, and if you've got too long speeches, too much around it, you you just lose the audience.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Short and yeah. sweet is best. Absolutely. So mmm, um,
0: oh, and I'm just uh, on the magic of Twitter uh, talking about news from, from EasterCon. Oh. Uh, cause we wanted to, uh, oh, they released the thing. Right, so uh, every year they, they bid on the next event. Um, so uh, events happen. Normally, these go in a post because it's such an effort to organise another event, but you have to. You basically have to organise a committee, form a committee, get a committee together and say, we want EasterCon to be in sea C- C- land. And off you do, you get your mates together, you turn up, you try and convince everyone that you want to have it on a seafort somewhere off the coast. And, yeah, that's your bed, that's how you organise a bed. Um, So, Follycon, which is the one in Harrogate, is unopposed and is going to be in um, Harrogate in 2018. Has that just come out? Um, Unfortunately, the one for 2017 was going to be Wales. And hasn't been Wills. Uh, mm-hmm. Pascon uh, ran into difficulty, shall we say? We'll just we'll, we'll skip past the difficulties, but it ran into difficulty. Um, what, so- twi-
1: what Twitter feed are you looking on?
0: Oh, um, you don't know. Um, oh, are you looking on the secret Twitter feed? I am. I'm also top secret. Tweet. i mean, oh. we're looking at uh, someone who's currently attending and tweeting right now. oh but they,
1: is, they ain't using a hashtag. I'll tell you that
0: much. There they are. Nope. Uh, Twenty seventeen is bidding for the is bidding for the Birmingham Metro uh, Met- Metropole? Metropole. Metropole. Mm. Um The Birmingham Metropole, So it's going to be in Birmingham. Um, it doesn't look like there's a name for it as yet. Is that unimposed then? Um, oh, apparently, Birmingham. BirmComp. It might be called nominate. What? 2017 is nominate. What? That's a rubbish name. I'm sure
1: no, what they're saying there is nominate somebody for 2017, please.
0: Uh, no, it is in- What? Mm-hmm. I'm confused. Anyway, guests are the guests are apparently going to be Judith Clute, Colin Harris, and Pat Carrigan. Mm. So there we go. This is this is this is stuff that we haven't quite confirmed, so I'm just basically pulling that out of the air. Um so shall we talk about Easter concert? I think we should, yeah.
1: Shall we go? Look, I need to change the music for that again.
0: Oh okay.
2: Deb, what has your Eastercon experience been so far? Fascinating. This is It's my first Eastercon. Never been to one before. Um, although I didn't get the the first Eastercon badge in my pack, which You're i not, No, no, the they were on the table. You had to, oh, on the I had to the pick table. one up. Oh, I didn't. Wasn't told that. Anyway, so I've been wandering around, and it's I mean Friday evening for me was pretty much a squee moment after squee moment, because you walk into the bar and there are several people you've. You've read, walking around casually talking to people. Charlie Stross just wandering around. yep just wandering around as if he was a normal person. It's like, wow, he is He's, a normal person. Uh, <laughs> he is very much so. But this, this has been my experience pretty much so far. Yes. And Sarah Pindra just wa- wandering around. Just wandering around. Yeah, yeah, yeah being Sarah
0: Pindra. Yeah. Um, but she's explained the ribbons really. Um, so you've got so the, exciting the ribbons. So you've got. <laughs> <laughs> she's old, he gets very excited by the concept of ribbons. So, well, I'm just
1: collecting stuff. It's like I mean, badges. P-
0: <laughs> so exciting. what you do is you have a you have a lanyard obviously and you have name on it <laughs> um uh, and mine have my has my name on it and ID and it's you know, it's a lanyard you know what they are yeah. a little ID thing and then you have a ribbon that you can attach that attaches to the bottom um, so currently mine says first it's a the con hey. and then it says program participant because I get to stand on stage and talk nonsense because I do that a lot uh, and then the one underneath it says press and I've had my belly button poked about eight times now but anyway, uh, and it just it kind of like hangs and dangles like a war shirt. It's like it's kind of like, like medals. The, the nerdiest scarf in the ever, in the entire world.
1: There's a guy who's got his um, attached
2: to his fez. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: In, in a proper. We, we should, it, so
2: anyway, you were saying? Yes. Well, uh, it's been fascinating. I mean, quite quite interesting panels going on. I've, I've, I've been into. I've, I've um, been on two myself as a panelist, and I've seen several that I found quite interesting. Um... On Friday, because I'm a biologist, I went to see the um, biology in science fiction panel, um, and I was thinking, I am not qualified enough to be in this room. There were about six or seven PhDs in that room, and some of them were in the same person. <laughs> it was... Um, I, I felt awed by the level academic skill there. Um, I was also in the um, career panel about how to um, mix being a writer with a full-time job. I really wanted to go to that. It was a fascinating one. I mean, it was mainly, I think, from my point of view, uh, first of all, three of the panelists were in education, oh. which I find interesting as a teacher myself. Yeah. Um, it does seem to be that a lot of writers are also teachers. And yeah we actually, yeah. actually asked that question of the panel, and it does seem to be it's writing itself, of, of any any form of writing is a form of education. Mm, mm, so if mm. you've got the instinct... As a as a teacher, then you're also a good writer in some ways. Um, but I, I was quite interested by that as well because a lot of the things I do were discussed by the panelists. And there's things like um, use of noise cancelling headphones to shut out the rest of the world. Oh, that's interesting. When you're when you're writing, um, but also. Um, David Clemens said that when he's walking to work in the morning, he has his headphones on and he's thinking about Mm. his next plot or he's developing ideas as he's doing. I do that as well, which I found was quite... uh, So do the noise-cancelling headphones help? Clearly do, yes. Um, At least one panellist on there was talking about how it helps to shut out the sounds of her children when her partner's looking after them. (laughs) (laughs) So... Yeah, I can yes.
0: imagine that being quite distracting because obviously you care about your children. Yes. This, this yes,
2: But you,
1: you can see them, you know. You're going to notice well, if they fall over anything
2: should, sharp. I don't know. Well, well, just, just to clarify, I think I think her point wasn't so much that it, she was wanting to ignore them. It was that she has specifically <laughs> put aside time to do her own thing. Her, her partner was dealing with the children. That was his responsibility, not hers so she was trying to maintain that privacy. I, I,
1: I understand as as the sort of female part of parenting if the kids fall over the cry first of all is mummy rather than daddy g- generally in a lot of cases So, but if you have put the ha- headphones on they've kind of got to go to daddy and whatever I think it's, uh, there's a lot of stuff happening there with that. Mm. but I really wanted to go to that session um, but for, for some reason which I suspect was panel related for myself I couldn't go to it so I'm glad that you did because I will pick your brains about it later I Definitely,
2: I mean there's a lot of interesting ideas and I, I think certainly relevant to me as a writer and and a teacher in one of the most stressful jobs you could possibly do. Um, Well, it's probably more stressful ones, but certainly I've I found some quite useful ideas.
0: Um, So panels I went to the best mega novel. So the Hugo Awards are currently drafting a new award. It's all terribly exciting. Uh, called a um, best series, right? And it was interesting. Is interesting from the point of view of the panel. It was also interesting from the point of view of the audience. So you had people who'd written epic fantasy series, and you also had Farah Mendelssohn who's a fan, who's a big, big deal fan. She does a lot of fan stuff. She's involved in the Eagle Awards. who was involved in the draft description. Of this, of this new award um, and she did she did kind of dominate the panel quite a bit she's one of those personalities that do but she also it was her special subject so that's fair enough uh, what was kind of interesting was what they were saying was um, the reason you don't have a best young adult or a best children's Hugo Award is the Hugo Awards are rawly a popularity contest they're specifically meant to be you know the fans get together and they vote a thing the, the problem with uh, best children's is how d- exactly do you find a, define a children's book, or mm-hmm. uh, where do you draw the line? What is your definition? And as soon as you start putting judgment into things, it stops being a Hugo Award because it's supposed to be about part, you know audience mm-hmm. participation. Whereas best mega novel or best you know best series is kind of easy to define are there lots of books is it being you know you know is the series at a point where people can vote for it is the size and mass of the book long enough for us to safely call this a series and you can only be voted for once as best series so you know off you go um, and I don't think they uh, we were talking about well do we have to wait until the series is ended and all the rest of it but one of the things that the, fan, the fans kept in the audience kept asking the question I sort of asked was well what happens when it's Tosh um, <laughs> and the answer was the fans have voted for Tosh it wins if, if enough people vote for you know a bunch of I don't know, Moshy Monsters tie-in novels are all (laughs) technically one series. Um, Then... Fine, fifty shades you know, there's fifty shades of great in space <laughs> uh, if you do enough of those you can win best series. That sort of thing. Um, so it was interesting as a point of view as to, to where it would go. Um, and also the point that, you know, the Hugo's the people who are involved in writing the wording for the Hugo Awards understand that it's a popularity contest and want to keep oh, it yes. that way. Mm. Um Twisting the story, um, Charlie Stross and Sebastian de Castiel basically stole that panel. Definitely, um, they they were both, both talking. They talked a lot about some some of them. Some of the people on that panel talked a lot about like twists in movies, but they mostly were talking about twists that they themselves could create. Um,
1: I think, th- just to go back to what David was saying about the science and a little of science in the room, mm. that's a very much a feature of this EasterCon, yes. is, is that they, they've got some people there from John World Bank, which is part of the University of Manchester. So yes. I'm guessing that this is like something that you get at every EasterCon, you probably just get it at Mancunicon, um, and because the content does obviously vary for each particular city and stuff, um, th- there's been a lot of science in the room this weekend. They, like always, really have, has.
0: they always have a science guest of honour, but I think, yeah, the science is big this year. Yeah. Mm.
1: Because of Jodwell Bank, there's been a, there's been a two or three sort of almost Jodwell Bank-specific sessions, I mean, a lot both of, of which I've missed, unfortunately.
2: A lot of science fiction writers are also themselves physicists, yeah, mostly, yeah. or some form of scientist the,
1: the, and, and this is the sort of thing you're going back to, you know, there's a lot of teachers who are writing. Sarah Pimber yeah. used to be a teacher, and you've obviously done some teaching. Um, yes. you, you do get this thing, I think, with p- professions um, where... At some point, people go, you know, what I need to start it, teaching or, or educating a wide audience about issues within my my sort of arena, and they sort of do it. I, I think very often through fiction
2: writing and stuff. Okay. It's, it's it's almost the epitome of write what you know. Pretty much, yes. So you're you're trying to get across a point mm. to a large audience. Still it was, it, still the best way
1: to do it. It was very obvious. I, I watched the um the guest of honour session with Sarah Pimborough yesterday afternoon and it was very obvious that she has a past as a teacher just of the way she kind of presented information and interacted with the audience and stuff. It, it, she came across really well. That was an amazing session. Um I've been to other stuff. Yeah, the reason I couldn't go to your um, Balancing the Creative Life is because I was um, moderating a panel at the time about Manchester's fan history, um, which um, I, I realised before we even walked in the room was about to turn into an hour-long nostalgia fest, which indeed it did. <laughs> imagine right, very much so, <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, if anybody's ever been to Manchester University and been a member of Warped, like the the the, num- the people who founded Warped were in the room, pretty much all of them. Ahem. Um,
0: I, I was on a podcasting uh, panel um which was it was a nicely interesting format because i've obviously because of the show we've done a lot of panels that are on i've done a lot of panels that are like hey kids what's podcasting and i'm like <sighs> seriously videos existed since before me and i'm ancient seriously you know uh, podcasting is not new at this point um it was interesting to see what people thought would be popular mm-hmm. and what turned out actually mm-hmm. to be popular. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a very
1: welcome to Night Vale.
0: Well, obviously, I mean, come on, it was going to be the most popular. I was surprised that others thought it wouldn't be. Um, more, more interestingly, though, the the format of it, where we went through our favorite shows, and uh, I have to admit, I didn't actually plug this show as much as possible because it's my show. It's not my. F- it's not the show i listen to all the time i listen to it to edit it and then i hope that you enjoy it um but there are other shows that i hope that you enjoy and that we enjoy as well um so we we went through their various and it was interesting it, there were a lot of american ones as as picks uh,
1: yes a lot of american ones thinking about it the, the british were strongly represented by tea and jeopardy
0: very much so but that's 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 what they do anyway yeah bless their hearts
1: uh, is Escape pod, pod British or American, or is it a bit of both? It's a bit my... of both. I yeah, I thought it might be. Um, but yeah, th- th- this is my first Eastercon. In fact, all of us here in the room today, it's all our first Easter con, uh, which I think is very interesting. And and we've all been to slightly different things. And you've got that problem again that you get at any con, which is that there will be one slot in which you want to do all five of the things that are yes. on.
2: Yes. And you can't be everywhere at once, even even if you did.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean... This is it. I, I went to a lot of because I was wearing my literary editor hat. Ooh, um, it's a big swanky new title. I mean, it's, it's a swanky new hat, but um, it was basically the same hat with a different different look on it and a feather uh, and a feather. Um, but I went to various boot launches. And goodness me, um, it's interesting. It, it's what I found very interesting about the book launches is this: the the, the difference between um, a major, not like a, 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 a large medium press, mm-hmm. or one of the big five boot launches, and the small press boot launches. You think, well, obviously there's going to be a difference there. At right? one of the differences is the. the just the author the way the author holds themselves the way the author has been either knows what to do or has been schooled as to what to do because i went to one launch where it was just readings from a short story anthology and it was like half a dozen reason read readings from an anthology and they were small press and i was like i'm not that excited by this (laughs) Mm. And there's beer, there's people, it's lovely, but I'm not mingling and I'm not talking about the books for people. I'm listening to someone chat. Whereas with another another launch, they they basically just trotted on the best speaking author, who enchanted us for five mm-hmm. minutes, mm-hmm. and then we all got drunk. <laughs> um, there's a lot of beer at this event. That's what I will very much say. So.
1: I don't think I've ever been to a convention with quite so much beer. One, one of the perks of being on the panel is that you get a free drink. So, uh, because I'm a lady, I've been I've been on the white wine. And I've, I've drunk more white wine this weekend than I have in the last two months.
2: What I noticed last night was they'd actually sold out of a lot of the real ales. Which is telling, because yes. my
1: word, there was a lot of real ale. Very much so. That room had at least two dozen barrels of real ale in it. And sure. I think they were down to nine last night. Shall we talk about Daleks? Oh,
0: let's talk about Daleks. That was amazing. So um so we're in Manchester. And obviously one of the things that stands out about Manchester Is it's got this fringe scene It's got this geek theatre fringe scene um, It's got this huge geek theatre fringe scene um, And if you don't know it exists Then tough, basically You should come to Manchester more Uh, Hey, do you know what's on in that fringe scene shortly? Oh, there's there's lots of Shakespeare going on There is, Hamlet, April 20th
1: Manchester Central Library, 6pm Moving on Uh, There are very few tickets left
0: um, Who's directing that? Might be me Nice so getting back on topic Sally. it's fine um if, if you should always never you should never be afraid to self-promote <laughs> by the way it's Dubless magazine isn't, <laughs> is it available in uh, tesco and, anyway moving on uh, but, uh, is it I'm, I'm going to try and remember what it's called exactly uh, an in time and space 53 rel- years and 53 rels Vell is technically a minute. Mm, They were over. They were over. Well, it was an imperial Vell, apparently.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Rather than a metric
0: well. Rather than a metric well. So, um, yeah, Adventures in Time and Space (coughs) is is Doctor Who from uh, episode one all the way up to the last episode, done in just about an hour um, by a bunch of actors... Pretty much improvising their way through it. This is a script. They had it was almost script in hand, to be honest, because it was so quickly. Well, they'd had, my
1: understanding is because I spoke to one of the actors afterwards is that they'd had one rehearsal.
0: Oh my it. goodness! Yeah, they did very well for
1: yeah, that. Yeah, they did very well for that because there was a lot of costume changes going on, obviously for every generation of the Doctor.
0: Well, it was very, very, very silly and very, very. I think, I think my my standout joke from that is yay feminism. Yes, yes. absolutely. <laughs> Why? Well, well, if you if you put if you're doing Doctor Who it very quickly, the 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 way that various companions leave is put so boldly that you just sit there and you go that's sexist you know they, hmm. they, they've abandoned time and space to get married and, have
1: and, and And it turns out that that's what virtually every female companion
2: did yes but um yay feminism yay
1: feminism <laughs> And I think it got the the biggest laugh at the end because it was delivered by a man, the yeah. last one, which is slightly unfortunate. Uh, but that that was that was genuinely funny highlight of last night, and and good to see um, Manchester Gareth Cavanagh um, coming back with five or six productions.
0: Yeah, there's a there's a fun organised event organizer also called Gareth Cavanagh. They uh, they they met. They did. They took a selfie. The world did not implode. Yeah. I'm impressed. The Blinovich Blinovich limitation was not in effect. Um, (laughs) So, uh, we...
1: Uh, uh, I I did a panel on Miss Fishers. Oh. Hmm. So how's that sci-fi? It's it's genre. It's got a lot of sci-fi fans who also like it. Um, We we talked about the fact that it has... um, the sort of representation of relationships you don't tend to see on TV, even in sci-fi. Um, so at the end, um, we had, you know, what can you learn? Um, what can what can sci-fi learn from Miss Fisher's? Um, to which my response was that that queer characters exist and they don't have to die. Um,
0: That's actually quite damning.
2: Yeah, it is very much so.
1: Uh, the Welcome to Nightvale people are doing um, another podcast they're starting um, I believe it's about a lesbian truck driver and it's called uh, Whose Girlfriend Has Gone Missing and it's co- her girlfriend is Sylvia and it's called Sylvia Is Not Dead just to, just to reassure you that, that the lesbian has not been killed
0: it's <laughs> a bit like John Dies at the End yeah. it's, 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 you know <laughs> I wonder what happens at the end of John Dies at the End mm, Maybe it's a massive plot twist I'm, worried, I'm a bit worried about John to be honest yeah.
1: the, the the good thing about EasterCon has been um, all the different little flavours of stuff going on I went to a New Orleans Worldcon 2018 bid party this morning where I, I drank frankly an immense amount of tea uh, which was marvellous Um, and also had sandwiches um, eventually especially that time in the morning when you need the tea yeah well Well, because the clocks changed here last night Um, and I know that like America and and Australia and Europe have been kind of going through that for the last month Um, but that was quite brutal that was very brutal this morning trying to get out of bed
0: I think going on the the slightly negative side Mm. there was definitely a culture shock because we are fans we are sci-fi fans yeah. i i host a sci-fi book show for for goodness sake
2: i you know, edit you uh, thought uh, i and proud on that one
0: edit a cult the tin magazine you know it's kind of like you know i am a fan but there's a fan culture built around these events
1: there is definitely yes
0: that is its own thing and he's built on a series of in jokes and silliness. And some of the in jokes is weird because as, as public ch- tastes have changed, some of the in jokes you sit there and you go, Ooh, really, go for them? really, just properly technical goal, vo- volunteer. I think you find you know, a little bit more groats, really. And I know it's in a Highland reference, uh, and you just sit there and you go, ah, there's a little bit of hmm. It's a culture adjustment, I think, is the best way to describe it.
2: I think as as people new to this whole thing, all three of us, um, we are are probably still outsiders for Mm, all those in-jokes as well, mm, um, in many ways. So maybe in a few years' time we'll be the ones defending them, but... uh,
1: (laughs) It it, it, it can sometimes feel a bit like everybody else knows where they're supposed to be at a certain time. And you don't. And you don't, yeah, yeah.
0: It's... I mean, I can compare it in some ways to LARP. In the sense that they are LARPers who turn up to LARP events to not LARP, but to drink with their friends and characters. Mm, mm, and mm. clearly there's a lot of that going on in this as well. Um, I I find the, the way they handle volunteers to be interesting. Um, it's certainly a different model to the likes of Nine Worlds. I think if I compare it to Nine Worlds, you've got two very different events that do the same thing. Yeah. but
1: well, there's been some very interesting panels here that maybe you wouldn't have expected to get. So So the African panel which I understand was very well attended and they could have filled that room three times over. Oh,
2: my goodness. the but the I, rooms could be filled three times over, well, I think.
1: Well, yeah, absolutely. That they, is they, an issue.
0: It, sh- it should be worth mentioning that the, the Manchester one should have been happening in 20, eight, 2017 and didn't because the, the Welsh one fell over. So they they moved this one forward a year and they had venue issues. So if you're wondering, why is it in the Hilton? Yeah, lots of people who live in Manchester are also asking that question.
2: <laughs> it, should, it should really be the Midland. It really we should be the Midland. I think... Much bigger hotel for,
1: for that, more, yeah. more uh, much more suitable venue spaces. In the yes,
0: world. and you could get the attendees, no problem. Mm. You can get the attendees, not a problem at all. It's it, mm. we've kind of easily proven that that would be a, a thing. Definitely.
2: Um, uh,
1: but the, but the, you know the African panel, which I've never seen anything like that before anywhere, and the no. Spanish SFF panel, Spanish as well, which SFF I've never F- seen Panel
0: anywhere. was amazing. Um, Regular listeners will know that there there is a touch of spade uh, about me. Um, <laughs> more than a bit. Um, and it's not just because Nympha has hugged you. <laughs> and there, there is a... a the, the history of Spanish publishing, and the one hand, is amazing, because you've got these amazing heroes who've who've really, really gone out to bat, and rather than being about the money, have gone out to, to be about the fans and to be about the SF and to be about the fantasy and really kind of suck it to the distributors and make sure that people can get their hands on their books. Um, and on the other hand, there's, there's a tragedy when it comes to the fact that Spanish as a language is such a, you know, is such a big language in the world, and yet... One part of, one Spanish-speaking uh, nation doesn't necessarily talk to another Spanish-speaking nation. So, if you're an author, it could be that one of your books is published in Argentina, but another one of your books is published in Spain, which is different from the book, book that you have <laughs> that's published in Mexico oh, yes. and to each other. So, you can't get all of the books is one yes. collection. That crazy. But also you
2: can't combine the fan bases.
0: You can, exactly. Yes. So so they, they've kind of like divided themselves by dividing themselves. Mm. By dividing the empire the little publishing empires. Yes. It's all become very divided. Um and there's people out there who are trying to change that. And part of this was an advert for Eurocon which is in November um as well, which is in Buffalo. Um and that sounds fascinating as well.
2: Yeah. I mean let's what what talk about the room issues um, obviously the rooms some of the rooms are very small now mm. I, I was in a panel on Friday which was about romance in science fiction and fantasy because I have published a romance novel and I was expecting to turn up to a room of maybe three people
1: and that room was full because I was in the back corner
2: yeah and that room was not only full it was there was a queue outside the door wouldn't yeah. get in and couldn't get in um and that 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 made me feel feel really good because I thinking, wow this is this yeah is
1: good. I've I've been I've at this point I've moderated a panel and been on a panel and been to several panels in those rooms and there has not been a panel session in either of those two very small rooms upstairs that has not been full people sitting on the floor standing at the back by the door Definitely.
2: and trying to trying to you know kickbox their way in and it's I mean and but also I was thinking you know it's it's a romance panel at a science fish club I, I, was, I wasn't was expecting that there would be that many people interested in that
1: yeah we, we yeah. thought we were going to struggle with the Miss Fishers the, the, the contributors on that panel mm. um, which was moderated by Fiona Moore um, had been discussing it on email for about the last couple of weeks as to what we were going to talk about and all the things and one of the things we'd said was well the probability of anybody turning up is kind of slim we're at half eight on Friday night most Very people will yeah. be in the bar probably we're going to be lucky to get anybody at all and, and they and you, were sitting on the
0: floor I think you were opposite a couple of and
1: we were opposite some really tasty big
0: stuff
1: hitters. really tasty
0: well I'm, I'm just looking at this now actually what, what, what time were you
1: we were half 8 in the evening so we what were we against uh, um, the angry robot book the Sons. angry robot oh right
0: yeah that was amazing i was at that sorry um, was there free wine? Yeah, yeah Yes
1: And we were like There's free wine at that We ain't oh, getting nobody but
0: One of the things One of the things that happened was Because the boot launches are all the way up The twenty second floor Yeah There were people Having access issues Yes uh, Because one well, of the lifts was down And there was a whole bunch of Other stuff that were going on Big long queues To, to try and get there the, the new compress launch which was the first launch was massively oversubscribed you can get into the room and it's because they'd stuffed four big fan name authors mm, in mm. one place um and there was just it was just out the door and everyone wanted to you know see what, what, see what everyone wanted to see what Ian Wright was doing next Ian Witts being a big name editor yes um everyone wanted to see what he was doing next and um that was at the door, so by the time we got to the Angry Robot one, I turned up half an hour early.
1: Which the, the, again, the problem with the venue site, with the, with the room sizes, the panels is that everybody is now turning up thirty seconds after the last one finishes. It's about that there's a half hour block between
2: them. In some cases, when I mean, it overruns, they're outside the door, yeah, waiting for that to happen. Yeah,
1: so. absolutely. Uh, we've run out of time. We're going to place a little yeah. stinky thing, and then we're going to come back and talk about very, very, very quickly about what we're going to do in the next day and a half at Monkey Ma- Kingdom. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Across the world, 24 hours a day. So, uh, next at Mancunicon, I'm going to mostly be having a hangover.
1: I'm going to be having um, a coffee collapse which is like a little a little small talk, key session thing with Sarah Pimba.
2: Oh, and I'm going to be carrying on promoting my, my, my novel, um, well, my short story collection, Lucky Miscellany. And where can we buy that, Dave? You can buy that on, from Amazon, you can buy that oh. from me, it, it, it fares. Um, in August, I'm at a book signing in Manchester, in fact. Oh. Come along to that and... Uh, You find out more on my on my blog.
1: When we eventually stumble across a working computer, we'll try and put some links up to Dave's. Yes.
2: Ed Fortune. And it's goodbye from me, David Lascelles.
1: The Bookworm is a truly outrageous production for Fab, Radio International, and Starburst Magazine. Presented by Ed Fortune and David Lascelles. Produced by Anne Davis.